More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The last time we had Senator Tommy Tuberville on the show, he had placed a hold on military promotions to protest the Pentagon's abortion policies post Roe versus Wade overturning. He has since lifted that hold, at least for three-star generals and below. Why? We'll get his take on that. He also came under intense scrutiny from colleagues on the right. Is that why we don't win more battles? Because we're too uncomfortable with being uncomfortable? We'll also talk about Ukraine's Zelensky coming to Capitol Hill, asking for more money for Ukraine from both the White House and Congress. Where does he stand on that? We'll get into Title IX changes that Biden's trying to make, removing protections for biological women for women in sports. And then also get his take on these university presidents beclowning themselves before Capitol Hill. All of that and more with Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama. Stay tuned. Well, Senator, it's great to have you back on the show. I appreciate you making the time. Thank you, Lisa. Merry Christmas. You too. I can't believe it's come so soon. It's <laughs> The year's just flown by. So, Senator, the last time I had you on the show, uh, we had discussed you had placed a hold on military promotions in protest of the Pentagon's abortion policies that they put in place post Roe versus Wade overturning. You have since lifted that hold for three-star generals and below. Why? Well, let's go back to how this started. Uh, It started holding promotions because of uh, facilitating taxpayer money uh, for abortion in the military and executive overreach. So I thought it would last about a month, uh, two months. You know, we've had senators that have had holds on a thousand promotions before. And the other uh, at that time, the Pentagon and even the White House worked with them and worked their problem out. I had zero. I mean, zero communication with the White House and very, very little from the Pentagon. They could have cared less. I mean, they 
They could. They don't care anything about the unborn, nor they care anything about the military. They say they do. As long as they get to spend money on something, whether it's military or, or whatever, infrastructure, they just want to spend, spend, spend. So uh, as Republicans, we, we love both. We, we're for the unborn and we're for the military. We're for a strong military. So after 11 months, you know, my, my objective was, after no negotiation, is to get it in the NDAA, uh, which is the military budget. And we had it in there. It comes from the House. Uh, all we had to do is vote on it when it came to committee, uh, two weeks ago, it was coming to committee. I had Democrats voting with me. And so we had it all planned. It was going to be put back in, in the military as the old policy. And lo and behold, Chuck Schumer changed the rules and took that policy out, which was illegal. Uh, but that's why they do things up here. You know, they don't care as long as they get their way, they're going to do it their way. So once they pulled it out of the NDAA, the military budget, uh, uh, I had no way out, but I was going to continue to hold. And then I had uh, about a dozen of my colleagues on the right. The Republicans said, we're going to vote against you, coach. We're going to vote to change the rules with the Democrats. We got to get on and promote these people. Uh, no guts, no glory. OK. And so instead of changing the rule, uh, it was over. Now, I'm not finished fighting, you know, for, for the unborn. We're going to continue down this path to try to get it back. And when hopefully we get President Trump in the office, we will move this policy back the way it was. But right now, uh, with Republican help, the Democrats beat me. Do you think that's why uh, conservatives often lose because uh, we're too uncomfortable with being uncomfortable or making things uncomfortable? I don't think there's any doubt. I, th I think that uh, you have people that uh, do things just for a vote instead of things that they should stand up for the, you know, the Constitution. Um, the right to life, uh, the Second Amendment, uh, you know, we've got people on our side that just, man, they just can't handle the pressure. And to me, that's when you really are supposed to stand up for the American people. It's when things get really, really tough. But I tell you, it's uh, there's few and far between of a lot of nerves up here when it comes to standing up, uh, you know, to the left. You know, Zelensky, Ukraine's president came to President Zelensky came to Capitol Hill to meet with congressional leaders as well as the White House. Biden is trying to put pressure on Congress to get Ukraine funding approved before Christmas. Uh, where do you stand on that funding? Uh, do you, you know, where do you stand on it in general? First of all, I hadn't voted for a dime to go to Ukraine. I've been over there. I've seen what's happening. Uh, there's, they have no chance to win unless we put troops on the ground. And we're not going to do that. Uh, as long as I got to say so about it, but I'm scared to death that uh, there's going to be some kind of false flag that the Biden administration is going to get us tied up in this with Russia. We have no business doing this. They're not in NATO. Uh, you know, we do support Ukraine and their people, but if we'd have really supported them after the first two months when Putin and Zelensky got together and tried to come up with a peace deal, uh, Boris Johnson from the UK and Joe Biden got involved and said, no, you're not going to make a deal with Russia. We're going to fight them. And we're going we're going to support you and we're going to give you the money. So uh, everybody up here just uh, on the left, they just say, you know, we got to give them money because they're going to continue to go. Once they once they beat Ukraine, they're going to go to Poland and Hungary. Then they're going to go to Germany. Hey, this these people barely made it over the border of Ukraine in two years. OK, they 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 don't have the ability to do that. But what we've done is we've forced them into the hands of China and North Korea and Iran, we built them a bigger uh, 
uh, so-called team, in other words, to be able to fight against democracy in this world. We're, we're totally wrong with this. Uh, Zelensky's up here begging. Uh, we, we do have a chip in the game here now that the, our biggest threat is our southern border. And as Republicans, most of us have said, no way is any money going to Ukraine until we close that border down. Uh, there's finally some negotiations from the White House, I think, that really started two, two days ago. But this is more important. It's more important for the Democrats to let people come into this country uh, for potential voters than it is for us to close it down, protect the American people, and then protect our allies. Would you support it if it was tied to border security funding? Well, Lisa, you got to remember this. We can send all the money down there that we want, okay? There's laws in place right now that we could really stop a lot of things going on at the border, but the Democrats don't want to go by the law. Uh, they're breaking the law every day, what they're doing at the border. So what worries me is we have some kind of deal made to put a little money down there to change a few things around saying it's really going to help at the border. But unless you have people that are motivated to do what's right and go by the Constitution and protect this country, it scares me to death. They won't do it. Now, I would hope that we can come up with something, as you just said, to, that would help. And if they did that, I would I would potentially vote for some money to go to Ukraine. But I just don't see I don't I really don't see that happening. Just knowing these people up here, being around them every day and understanding their philosophy and their ideology of changing, transforming this country is something that it's never been. I mean, we saw the disastrous performance from university presidents on Capitol Hill recently. Um, we've seen the anti-Semitism that's taken place in college college universities across the country. You know, Harvard's got an endowment of something like over $50 billion, yet they've received federal money. You know, I think it was something like $22 million 2016 to, you know, over a period of time from 2016 to, I think, 2021 or something like that. They've also received $9 million in coronavirus funding as well. Uh, why are we funding a university that already has such a large endowment that allows for anti-Semitism, and now the president has been credibly accused of plagiarism. So, you know, why are we giving them federal money? Lisa, that's one of the reasons I'm here. Uh, as you well know, I coached for 40 years. I traveled throughout the country, been through every state, been at universities, uh, recruited almost uh, all the big high schools in our great country. In the last 15 years, I, I've seen this firsthand now. we It obviously showed up at Harvard and Penn in MIT, let me tell you something. It is deeper in our high school and our secondary education than it is in our universities. And that's where it starts. That they, they are indoctrinating these kids through our unions. The unions are our biggest, uh, uh, I guess, enemy in terms of indoctrinating our kids. But it, it, it finally came up. Just listen to those three talk last week in a hearing about not standing up for the rights of people on their campus, students on their campus, it makes you absolutely sick. But I have seen this, I've seen it for 15, and I started about 15 years ago. And when I got out of coaching, I said, I've got to do something to try to bring light to what's going on here. And folks, what you just saw last week in that hearing is a very small part of what's going on in our educational system, and it has to stop. If it doesn't, we have no chance of remaining a democracy, are remaining anything that resembles the United States of America the last 247 years. I've definitely been, I mean, I think as conservatives, you know, we've kind of known, as you pointed out, that this has been going on. But I, I think for people who uh, 
you know, we're maybe more independent or center left. I, I think their eyes are, are starting to open a little bit about what's happening on college campuses and at our universities. You know, I wanted to ask you, so Joe Biden uh, has tried to make changes or wants to make changes to Title IX um, to remove protections for, for women in sports, for biological women. Uh, where does that stand? And what does that ultimately mean for the country? Well, it means that uh, women in this country are going to be shortchanged. Uh, we fought for years. When I was coaching, I saw Title IX basically come into effect. I actually, when I first started coaching, coached uh, girls basketball uh, back in Arkansas. And Title IX came in, and you're, basically it made it even for, uh, for men and women in terms of uh, scholarships, budgets, uh, coaches. And so 50 years, that's been one of the most successful things that's happened out of the federal government. And now Joe Biden, right after he got in, he started attacking. One of the first things he did, he started siding with transgender, uh, whether it's in the military, whether it's going to schools, whether it's competing against women in sports. He sided with them. The one percent or the point zero point five percent of the country over the women and girls in this country. It's absolutely amazing how some people have grabbed onto that in the Democratic Party and say that's that's the direction we need to go. You know, do away with gender. You know, we, there, there's no gender in this country. We're all the same. And uh, I'm telling you, it is it, it it's just something else that they brought to the plate up here uh, in the three years I've been here that tries to change and transition our country to something else that that we have not been. Why do you think they want to do it? Because as you pointed out, it's such a small percentage of the population. It flies in the sense of common sense, flies in the face of what's right. So why do you think they're pushing so hard for it? Well, first of all, they could never done it had it not been taught and indoctrinated in our kids starting at elementary school to high school uh, to our universities. Uh, and I think they've gotten to the point where they saw the indoctrination starting to pay off of what they've been doing with uh, radicalizing our kids in our universities where they can speak up and they can side with the Democrats and they can side with non-genders and, and, and the trans and all the things that are going on in this country that are attacking just true Americans. And so they think they've got a, a better balance of people that, that are doing this and, and they've got a bigger audience. I think now, though, they're finding, hey, wait a minute, that audience is not quite as big as what we thought. We don't have as many supporters as we think. And I think next year, it's one of the things that's going to show up in the elections, not just in the presidential race, but all over the country, that's going to make a difference. And us going back to the American values, the American way, and going back to getting away from this nonsense of men can have babies, there's 64 different genders, uh, women, uh, men should be able to compete in women's sports because it's their right. It is not their right. Uh, what's right in this country is to go by moral values and make it fair for everybody to have an opportunity to be an American, to have success uh, in the things that they do. No, I, I agree. I do worry a little bit, though, that our, our chances of success in 2024 are being a little overblown and we're becoming a little bit complacent. We've, we've had some tough election cycles these last three election cycles. We know that Democrats are trying to get abortion on the ballot in swing states. So, I, I mean, isn't there a danger in, in us Republicans getting a little too bold heading into 20? And they're you're also trying to put Trump in jail. We don't know how successful they're going to be with that. So, you know, isn't there a danger in, in being a little too bullish or a little too complacent? Oh, there's a big danger. And if we if we let our guard down whatsoever, 
I mean, we're going to end up like we were in 2020. Uh, the, what I've seen since I've been here in the last three years with with the the things that went on in the voting last time, if they if they go on again, if we allow that to happen again, uh, we will not be successful. Uh, and so that's not a, a federal problem. That's a state problem. But we have made sure that our, our state attorney generals, our secretary of states, and a lot of these states have woken up and looked at the problems. A lot of times, and you look at what happened with uh, the Attorney General Bill Barr after the election, there was a lot of problems. They didn't want to look at it because they're afraid they're going to be called racist. They did not look at the, the evidence. They said, well, we're just not going to get into that. We, we're, we're already having some rights across the country. It's time we stand up and do what's right. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Worry about what's right and what's going to happen to this country if we don't stand up. So you're exactly right. We can't get complacent. We have to look forward. we got to get values back in this country. We've got to get a lot back. It's it's really falling apart. Uh, Senator, I really appreciate you taking the time to join the show. It's always an honor to have you on. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Lisa. Merry Christmas. That was Senator Tommy Tuberville. Appreciate him taking the time to join the show. Appreciate you guys at home for listening uh, every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Until next time. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.